Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. All right, everyone. Well, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine, and I am here with Jay. Uh, we've we've known each other for a while. He he was a cover story on Box Pro, so you might recognize him. Uh, his voice, I don't know. Maybe he's also been on that episode of Box Talk before. So there's a lot going on. But Jay, can you go ahead and just say hey, introduce yourself, tell us where you're coming from, and what what you've been up to. Yep. So uh, I'm Jay Williams. I um, I own a couple different CrossFit gyms. I also mentor uh, other CrossFit gyms and other type of businesses through Two Brain Business. Uh, so I own a gym in London that has been around for 11 years now, and uh, a gym here in California that we're now going on our, I think it's sixth year, maybe seventh year, something like that, sixth or seventh year. And um, you know, after all those years of doing business, uh, I. I enjoy it more than ever. So, um, so yeah, I'm very excited to talk about what's uh, what's new and what's next. Yeah, and it's it's refreshing hearing you say I enjoy it more than ever ever because sometimes I I talk to people or affiliate owners who get on here and they're just like I'm tired. <laughs> and yeah. so I think I think you're gonna offer a refreshing perspective. Um, and so normally in our episodes, you know, I have you know. Are the person I'm interviewing tell me their story and all that. But if you're listening to this, you need to go back out and check the previous episode out with Jay. He gives his whole backstory in there, how he came to own a box in London and in California, which is a crazy story. Um, you can also check out the cover story. Going to link all that in the show notes, but just want to preface, that's why we're skipping over the story because there's so much else to talk about. So um, kind of going off of that, Jay, it's, it's been a while. It's, you know, since we've caught up and, um, talked to me and our audience that's listening today, but I love to get an update. You know, what's been going on? What's been going on with you? Um, I know, you you know, with Two Brain Business, you become this big mentor dude and um, your businesses are growing and evolving. I just want to know, what are you, what have you been up to the past couple of years? Um, what, what's maybe changed? What, even your role as an affiliate owner, how has that changed over the past couple of years? Right. So, um, well, I guess let's start with the, the businesses, so the gyms that I own. Um, I guess we did the, the talk, it was maybe like 2016, something like that. Um, and uh, and at that point, I had just gotten to a point where, you know, the business was like reasonably successful. You know, the London gym was fine, but the California gym was like up and running. There were people besides me coaching and stuff. And, um, and we, you know, were kind of trying all these different things. Um, that year, I also had uh, my son, and basically, like what that meant was with the son and daughter, I didn't have nearly as much time to focus on the gym. Where I was also working with Two Brain, and that that role started to kind of grow. So I really made it a point to try to get myself out of the day-to-day stuff that was happening at the gym, and mostly because it wasn't going to be able to continue if I was doing everything. Right. I mean, it was funny the day my son was born, we had a couple of intro, like we had a bunch of intro sessions that week, but it was like, my wife called me and she's like, I'm going into labor. And I said, Hey, I've got two more intros. Can you wait an hour? And, <laughs> and so, so we, you know, I ended up doing the intros and then we went into to labor um, uh, or went to the hospital. So, um, so yeah, like that, that's kind of the level I had to extract myself out of it. Um, I'm and like, what I'm was your wife's reaction when you asked her to wait an hour? 
I mean, the last labor was like 24 hours. So she was like, all right, yeah. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, the, the, the gym has kind of gone through some ups and downs. Um, and some of it was because I was not involved as much. Um, and then some of it was because, you know, we had some like staffing issues that we had to sort out. And what, what I realized um, is that that gym, that gym's success is based on how much we focus on our mission and what we're doing and why we do it. And that tells us who we need to hire and that kind of thing. And so we made a bunch of really positive changes in the last 12 to 18 months so that now it's better than ever. So that's that gym. And then uh, the London gym, very similar, actually. We've, um, we've uh, changed some of the ownership. So I'm, I'm still part owner of the gym, but the folks that were on the ground are now taking over ownership of that gym. And because of that, this last year, we actually did better than we did the previous year in terms of profit, despite the fact that, you know, I think there were three CrossFit gyms in London when we opened, and now there's like 100. Um, and so... And so the same thing, really focusing on the mission and values has led that gym to be a little more successful. And then with TwoBrain, it's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks out there need help with their businesses. And so TwoBrain is, I mean, when we, when we talked, I had just started and now it's, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 times bigger than it was when we first met um, because there's just so many people that need help. And we've kind of, We've worked with thousands of gyms now, and we've we've changed what we recommend over the years so that it fits more of what is working now. So, those are a lot of changes, Jay. That's crazy. Yeah. It's I mean, it's crazy how it's evolved over the past few few years. So, I think I'd love to start with let's go back to the the businesses, the you know the gyms. Um, yep. Can you maybe discuss a little bit more specifically, like those those positive changes that you made, especially in the past, you know, um, 18, 12 to eighteen months? You said at Hale, yeah. just with, you know, focusing on the mission and the staff changes, understanding kind of who you guys are as a business, even as you, the owner, are maybe stepping further away. Like, what does that look like? Because I know a lot of owners are looking to get there and want that, and they don't they don't want to be drowning or telling their wife to wait yeah. an hour to go into labor. So um, can you maybe yeah. speak a little more on like specifically what that transition looked like and maybe kind of lessons you've learned or, or takeaways you have from that? Yeah, so uh, I'll kind of start with something a little bit negative that happened. So like around that time, um, it's about 2016, 2015, something like that. We started doing Facebook ads, which is something that a lot of gyms do nowadays. And But back when we were doing it, when we started doing it, uh, nobody was really doing it. And so as a result, it was very effective. So we would create like a six week challenge and we would advertise it. And then, you know, we get hundreds of people interested in our area. Right. And which is great. You know, you get hundreds of people interested, you bring a whole bunch of people in. The problem is the message that you send and the people you bring in have to match with your message. And so, what we were doing was we were saying, hey, you know, if you can be consistent for six weeks, then, you know, you can get a bunch of results. But it didn't always match with what people thought they wanted. So we we would bring in 40, 50 people at a time, like brand new people. And, you know, as a small business owner, you're thinking like, yeah, that's amazing. You know, that's another 25 percent or, you know, 
20% of your membership you're bringing in all at once. But the problem is that in the long run, uh, you have to have the capacity to do that. And you have to make sure that the people coming in match your values. So we would bring all these people in, they would do six weeks, you know, you'd bring 50 people in and then only half of them would stick around. And then, you know, after another three, four months, half of those would be gone. And then, you know, another three, four months, half of those would be gone. So you'd bring 50 people in and after the end of the year, you'd have like six, right? And, uh, and it just wasn't a great way to, to run a business. It was great to bring in a bunch of money, but it kind of, and it, and it made us expand our capacity, but what it, but what it revealed is um, a sort of a lack of focus on the main, the main like mission of the business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we did that for probably 18 months and, you know, it would be less effective each time. You know, the first time you'd bring 50 people in, the second time it was 40 and then it would be 30. And then you get to the point where you're only bringing like 10 or 12 people and it's costing you thousands of dollars. Right. And we, we realized like, you know, we don't want to spend our time and effort working with people who are just looking for a quick fix. And we just stopped all altogether running the ads. And as a result, like a couple of things happened. So we brought all these new people in and then it kind of hurt the, the core of the regular membership. And so when we stopped bringing the people in, we looked and saw that our regular membership wasn't as good as it was. You know, we'd lost maybe 10, 15% of our membership. So now all of a sudden we have all this extra capacity because we've brought all these coaches on and we stopped running the ads, we have less people. So now we're in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we, we went through some kind of ups and downs with that. And we had some people that were on board that just weren't, weren't on the same page. And so, you know, a lot of them moved on or we had to fire them, et cetera. And we really just focused on not bringing in good coaches, but bringing in just good people that other people want to be around. And, uh, and we did, we, we really focused on not bringing in a ton of people, a ton of new clients at a time, but just focusing on servicing the clients that we have and making it the best possible product for them. And as a result, like what we've seen is slower organic growth that when they, when they come in, they get a better product because we're just focusing on making sure that we're delivering the best product with the best people for the people who actually want to be there. Mm -hmm. um, it, it took us 18 months to get there because, mm -hmm. you know, we were just, we were so used to that quick fix. And when we, when that was gone, we were like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> um, yeah. And what's interesting about that is like, I, you know, I coach, I think I coach once a week now. Um, and I still am not involved in everything day to day, but what I realized my job is, is to just make sure that the people that are there are, are on the same page that we're, that we're going towards the same goal. And if I show up every day and do that, or every day that I'm there and do that, then I don't have to worry about the, the gym, you know? Yeah. Um, if I have to coach every class to do that, then it's a failure because I just, I can't, there's no way I can possibly do that. So, hmm. so yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, no, it does. No, I mean, I think you painted a really accurate picture of what happened. Um, and I know your story is not alone. <laughs> I know there's a lot of other similar stories out there. 
And I guess I'm, I'm just kind of thinking maybe what, what someone listening, you know, an affiliate owner listening who's going through this right now would ask. And I could see maybe some panic happening where they're like, okay, so Jay is saying this doesn't ultimately work. However, I would have to wait, you know, 12, 14, 16, 18 months to finally see. And I can see them like panicking internally going, but I don't have the money, the time, the resources to do that and have that organic growth. So I guess, what would you say to someone who maybe is like being like, I I can't, like, I have to have the 40 to 50 people and drawing in those leads. Like, you know, maybe what you say to somebody who has that mentality or, or who like would propose like Jay, like what you're saying is not possible for me. Yeah. So where, so when I, when I think about this, I think back to when you first started your gym. So when I first started both of my gyms, I was, I was there helping everybody every day. Right. And it was like, you'd come into class and I would, you know, help you with your squad or I'd, you know, help you do some gymnastics, something, or we talk about nutrition or we talk about this or that or the other thing. Right. And when you get to a certain point, you're not able to spend that amount of time. So what you're hoping is that the, all the work that you've done up to that point has made you a customer for life. Right. And so, you know, some of the folks that have been with my, California gym for six years, I still talk to them. I say, you know, how's your family, whatever, you know, what are you working on or whatever. And it's like once a month, I might have that conversation. Right. And it's a three minute conversation, but there was a lot of conversations right at the beginning. So if you are trying to grow your gym by let's say 50 people at a time, you have to understand that each one of those people needs that level of attention or else they're not going to stick around. You know, it's like, Ultimately, we're in the people business. You know, when you get into Facebook advertising or any sort of paid advertising, we start talking about leads and conversions and, you know, whatever, show things like that. But none of that stuff actually matters. What matters is each one of those people that books an appointment is a person, you know, and if they sign up, they are a person with goals and you need to know what those goals are and make sure that you give them everything you can to help them achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I've seen gyms that do this really, really well. And it's like, you know, they, they bring in 15 people for a six week challenge and they have one person that is assigned to just those people. And they make sure that those people get everything that they need, you know, that they are clear about what their goals are. They're clear about the obstacles. If, you know, they get a text every week saying, you know, Hey, great job showing up for class or, you know, doing your first deadlift, you know, they get a call at the beginning of the week saying, Hey, you know, uh, what days are you going to be coming in this week? You know, just all that attention that you would give people on your, you know, you give your first 10 clients, those new people are getting that same attention. Mm. And for me, what we had to do was, was take a step back and figure out like, okay, what do these clients actually want and how can we provide it for them? And a lot of it was, you know, getting back to exactly that and then making sure that the people that uh, the coaches that we had, delivering the product, we're able to do that every time, right? Yeah. And so we went from bringing in people for a six-week challenge to now we bring them in for six one-on-one sessions because it's not that everybody needs one-on-one to move well. They need one-on-one attention to make sure that someone understands them. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. No, no. I think that was a good a good uh, answer to the question. And hopefully whoever was listening and panicking calmed out. <laughs> So, no, no, that, that, that makes sense. And I think that even speaks to kind of the, 
trend that's happening, which is more one-on-one intro sessions, foundation classes, like having that personal attention. I think even you saying like, it's not always just about technique. It's about that relationship being built and that connection happening. So, so yeah, no, so that makes sense, Jay. And so kind of curious, is that the same that you've seen happen over in the London gym? Has that been similar, that change? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you if you were to if we were to zoom out and ask, like, what are the biggest changes in the last three, four years? It's that there's a lot of other a lot of other businesses doing something similar to what a CrossFit gym does. Right. It's so it's like there's Orange Theory and there's Barry's boot camp and there's like, you know, whatever, Metcon light. At 45 and, like and yeah, exactly. I mean, even cycle arm Pilates, Pilates studios and yeah. Exactly. So there's a lot more people that can deliver some version of what we do. But the thing that they can't do, and I've tried a lot of those things because I, you know, I like to go and try what what else is out there. What they can't do is deliver the personal attention. And ultimately, if you're not delivering personal attention, you won't survive in the long run. Um, Because otherwise, it's just a commodity. I mean, it's, you know, I've been in this industry long enough where it's like, okay, so there's orange theory now, but five, six years ago, there used to be all these little 24 hour fitness gyms. They were called 24 express or something like that, where people would go from machine to machine and those are gone, you know, and then there used to be jazzercise and then there was Zumba and then, you know, there's all these trends. There's all these things that people could do, right. But they're just, they're just novelty. And ultimately what people want is they want to get stronger. They want to feel better. They want to get more confident. That's the reason they go to the gym. And if you can connect to that and you can do it in a one-on-one like setting, then people, people won't feel the need to try all this novel stuff, you know, because there's enough novelty in what we do already. So, so the answer is yes. Like the absolute, it's absolutely the same in the London gym. I mean, that gym is, in the middle of a major metropolitan area. I mean, it's, there's literally a hundred thousand, I think it's 200,000 people that commute to the area that the gym is every single day. Right. And there are like at least 50 kinds of gyms just within like a two, three mile radius uh, walking distance from our gym. And the ones, and I've seen them come and go. I mean, there was actually a Barry's boot camp, maybe, 800 meters away from us out of business. And it's like, wow. you know, the, the personal attention is what matters. We've had members that have been there for eight plus years now and have seen all of those other things and they still show up all the time. And it's because they connect with the coaches and the coaches take care of them. The coaches ask them how their day is and what are they working on and that kind of thing. You just can't replicate that with a uh, operations guide and um, some fancy branding. That is very true. True. Those are true words, Jay, honestly. Um, and you say these, 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 I don't know, these personal connections, these personal touches, and you talk about your staff and I, I, coaches are so important and I don't think we always realize how important they are until it comes down to the wire and they're like, Oh yeah, we need someone who can actually like people (laughs) and connect with them. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious, you know, maybe what have you seen to be, because I know you said there were some staffing changes at Hale, especially and um, shifts and different things like that. So what have you seen to be um, characteristics, attributes of 
an exceptional coach at Hale that you have been like, you know, this is what we're really looking for in our staff and our team, what we're challenging to, what we're asking them to be to our members to have that personal connection? Kind of, could you maybe speak on the staffing that you've kind of evolved into even over the years? Yeah, so um, so there are three things that we look for. And it's a great question you asked me because I just actually wrote this stuff down. Most of the most of the time, it's sort of like you know it when you see it. <laughs> you know, for me, it's like a gut feeling. It's like if I wouldn't want to have coffee or a beer with this person, then I don't want them around. Like, like, I mean, I, I think I said this last time. Like, ultimately, this feels like a volunteer job. You know, I mean, everything we do in essence is a volunteer job, right? My mother retired recently and now she does volunteer work and she was complaining about the volunteer work. And I said, you're a volunteer, <laughs> right? You're doing this for free. Like you should just stop You are it. literally choosing to do it for yeah. no other reason except that you want to. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so I actually look at my job the same way. It's a volunteer job. I just happen to be the boss. So I get to decide who is around at all times. And I have this just very simple metric is like if I drive up and I see their car in the parking lot, am I happy or am I unhappy? And if I'm unhappy, then that person has to go, right? If I'm happy, then great, they're perfect for this for this business. Now, that doesn't make them a perfect employee, but that is the basic thing, right? So the three things that we look for, number one is that they are positive, um, that they're always looking for the good in every person or situation. You know, sometimes customers, they treat you terribly. They say things that they don't mean because they're going through pain or whatever. And you have to kind of like take that and just respond positively. You know what I mean? Um, number two is that they're consistent, that they show up for their athletes, their coworkers and themselves. Right. I mean, it's I mean, it, it, it's one of the things like you have to work out if you're a coach. Like you have to. I mean, it sounds yes. so simple, but like. If you don't work out consistently, you don't feel good. And then you can't deliver mm -hmm. a good product, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the third is that they are curious. They're always asking why and looking for ways to improve. Um, and so that just means like it's just a constant learning, right? And so if they have those three things, then they're probably going to be a good person to work with at my gym. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think those are wonderful attributes and I, it, it makes a lot of sense about why that's what you're looking for um, in staff. And I think even those who are listening on this episode could probably look for the same things in their staff. So, no, Jay, that's really helpful. I'm glad that you just wrote them down. It's like I knew. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a, there's more to this because, you know, one thing that I realize is, uh, is that we write these like operations guides and all this step-by-step -step and checklists is what we advise people to do. But if you don't keep things simple, then they won't do it. <laughs> so the second part of this is like, there are three actions that we ask everybody to do every day. Um, the first one is we ask them to smile, right? So, you know, you'd be positive, right? So you're creating a positive safe place. We want, we want them to greet people by name and, make sure that they're always happy to see them. So that's that's all encompassing that first action of smiling. Uh, the second is that we want them to learn. So learn something new every day. Um, and then the, the third is that we want them to help. So we look for ways to help every single person that we touch every day we see them. And it might, 
at, at, at Hale, and I've seen this at some of the best gyms, sometimes the best way you can help someone is just by giving them a hug. You know, they've had a hard day, you give them a hug, right? If your gym doesn't do that, I mean, you know, that's okay. Maybe you don't like to, to you know, touch people like that, but it's just like, how are you doing? You know, like let people know you see them, right? Mm-hmm. And that that is, uh, so if we do those three things, I told, I told my staff the other day, if you do those three things every day, you will get promoted at this, at this gym, mm. right? Like, yeah. even if you don't clean up after yourself and all that other stuff, if you do those three things, you're good. Right? Mm. So. Yeah, no, I, I like that you have actual actionable advice to, to give and say, like, do these things. Cause sometimes when you like, kind of, kind of you're talking about like the consistency and be positive. Like sometimes people are like, what do you mean by that? Like, I think it's really helpful. Smile, (laughs) you know, make sure people know you care. And I think like, yeah, if you're not a hugging person or a hugging gym, like I think even acknowledging when a member like says something or just comes in looking rough and you're just like, how was your day? And they're like, it was horrible. And you're like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But I think even just that acknowledgement can be very powerful of like, your day sucks and that sucks and I'm sorry. You know, the thing is like, I have a couple of friends that own really big gyms, right? Like giant gyms, you know, one of them owns three gyms. The other one owns like, I don't know, 15 or 20 gyms. And when they walk into their gym, they go and they fist bump everybody they see. And it's like, you can do this if you have 50 people or if you have 2000 people. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, and it's, and it's special when they walk in because that is, the the tone that they set so um it doesn't take much you know and and as the owner if if that if all you're doing is smiling and fist bumping and you know learning something new like that's enough right Mm -hmm. owner slash fist bumper that can be on the title that can be on your business card (laughs) yeah no jay i mean that's awesome and see it's cool to hear how business has evolved how hail and um CrossFit Thames have both grown and how, I don't know, it's neat to even hear how your perspective has changed on these things. And I know, I know a large part of that too has probably been through mentoring with two brain and you're right. When I first started talking to you, you just gotten in now, now you've just been in deep (laughs) and you guys, I mean, I mean, two brain has exploded. Um, And I'm kind of curious to know, maybe could you impart maybe a few nuggets that you've learned in and even business coaching other gyms maybe things that you've taken away or lessons learned that you're like you know this could be really helpful for those owners listening we can't give it all away because you're a business coach mm-hmm. and that's some of your some of your stuff you got to keep up your sleeves in case they want to work with you but um but yeah. maybe just like, you know I, I, actually, few nuggets. <laughs> I, actually, I actually take issue with that we'll give everything away because the, the issue i love not, it the issue is not knowledge the issue is action Right. It's like it doesn't matter how much, you know, it matters what you actually do. Right. And so, um, you know, I can tell you all this stuff. And if you're listening to this, you can say, yeah, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. But if you don't do anything, then it's just interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just some, you know, maybe it's added to your to do list that you'll take care of later. Um, And so, like, we do a lot of free calls with people um, because, the information we provide, it's great, but it, it's nothing without the action, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so to answer your question, what have we seen? I mean, you know, we're, we're, if I just focus on CrossFit gyms, um, you know, CrossFit a couple, I guess it's probably a year ago, maybe 18 months ago, they just shut off their social media, right? 
And it was a little, and they, you know, have gotten rid of half their staff and stuff like, and it's a little bit of an acknowledgement, like, you know, to, to everybody that runs a, this kind of gym is like, you're kind of on your own, you know, <laughs> like they're not, they're not going to market this stuff and do it for you. And even if they did, whatever they were doing wasn't as effective as it was back in 2013. Right. Um, and so what I've seen is that the most successful gyms have kind of picked up where the CrossFit HQ left off and just focused on producing their own media and building their own brand in a way that is unique to them. Right. Um, the ones that have struggled are, are the ones that, are, that shrug their shoulders and go, why aren't they helping me anymore? Right. Um, and so the, and really, if I boiled it down, the difference is people that treat it like a business or they treat it like a hobby. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Um, and so all the stuff that I just told you about Hale and Thames, like all of that stuff applies to all the successful gyms that I've worked with. The most successful gyms are focused on their clients and giving them the best possible offering that they can give them. Uh, sometimes it is, you know, CrossFit, sometimes it's something else. You know, there's a lot of gyms that are doing just strength only classes or, you know, Metcon only classes where it's lighter. Uh, you know, they will integrate yoga. They're doing more one-on-one. -on -one. Whatever their client wants, they're focusing on that. Um, and it's, it was, you know, it's a tough transition for some folks. <laughs> um, but the more they focus on their client, the more successful they've been. And it depends on who you talk to. Somebody will paint a bleak picture about this kind of industry, this kind of gym. I can tell you just from the clients, and I don't work with that many clients, but recently I asked them all to give me their numbers for the last three years. And almost every single client has gotten 50 to 100% increase in revenue over the last three years. And it's like, and it's, I don't ask for those numbers all the time because I'm not overly focused on numbers, but it was like a big step back. Like, yeah, you're doing something right. <laughs> um, mm. And a lot of it is just all these little things. How can I help more? How can I help my client? How do I achieve my mission? How do I, you know, how do I make this a better place for the people that are coming in? Um, mm. And the, those are the things that they're focusing on. Sometimes, you know, it's them bringing in 50 people through Facebook ads and making sure they keep them. Uh, other times it's just, you know, running a friends and family day that people can bring their friends and family. Um, for some of them, it's running events, you know, for others, it's doing more one-on-one. -on -one. There's no one right answer to it, but it's just the ones that focus really on their clients and the ones that are making the, the, the biggest leaps. So. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to see, I mean, because, yeah, you, you're saying that this is what the trend you're seeing with all these clients and also see that, like, this is what you've done in your own businesses and obviously it's worked well. And I think it's neat to see, like, you're talking to all these people in these trends and you've seen it done in your own business. And then that, I don't know, that's kind of cool. So just that personal touch, it just sounds like that, that is trending <laughs> and that is where yeah. the industry is headed is that personal touch, that personal connection and making sure that your clients, your members are well cared for because that, you're right, that's what makes CrossFit different than the Orange Theories, the F45s, uh, other boutique studios out there. So yeah, Jay, no, that's good stuff. I, you know, this is like, uh, I'm not a religious person, but this is like church for a lot of people, right? It's mm -hmm. this, 
you know, if you really think about what's happening, this is one of the few places where people have positive interactions with other humans that are not their family um, or their coworkers. And a lot of people have crappy jobs and issues with their family, right? So it might be the only place they're having positive interactions with people and they're pushing to improve themselves. And, uh, and you can't underestimate that. I mean, I've seen Jim's clothes and you know, I see the members in that community they do nothing after they leave. <laughs> you know, it's like they, the next time I see them, they're 30 pounds heavier and they just are unhappy with their lives because that was, that gym was the only place they could go where they could, they felt like they were improving, you know? And, and I, I think, you know, what we do is, is really vital to society. I mean, when people feel, you know, confident and strong and, and healthy, they live a better, a better life. And, and so that's one of the reasons I mentor gyms is because the ones that really care about that, I want them to be successful, you know, um, yeah. the ones that, the ones that are just, you know, hoping to make a million dollars. It's like, well, good luck. You know, there's, there's better ways to do that than running a gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, I think that's awesome, Jay. And even just going back to even just how, you know, it's knowledge is out there you you give it freely and yet you're there as a mentor it sounds like to really just keep gyms accountable to what they're striving to do and to coach them through it and i don't know in some ways you're showing them the personal care that they need to show their members and it's kind of like hopefully a trickle down effect that's how i kind of hear you hear you talking about it so yeah. i think that's really neat um so kind of starting to wrap up we've talked about a lot of different things we've hit on hail we've gone all the way over to london we've talked about two brain um I always love to ask this question and I, I know, you know, maybe there's a lot of advice you want to give. Um, if you had to give affiliate owners today, one piece of advice, you know, to just, just to help them, whatever respect, whether it's personally, professionally, business, whatever, one piece of advice today, what, what would you say to them and those who are listening? So, okay. So I would say there's two things, right? As you say one, but I say two. So one personal, and one professional, right? So um, I think personally, find two or three things you can do every day that give you confidence, right? So um, for me, those three things are get up early, eat well, and work out. If I do those three things, then I have confidence and the rest of the day goes well. So that's a personal thing. And your, your, your business is based on your personal, like who you are, right? So you have to restore your confidence somehow. So that's, that's the personal thing. Professionally, this is very, very simple. Go out to coffee with one of your members as often as you can, right? Make it every day, Monday through Friday. Like do not go to coffee alone and just sit down and ask them what, what their goals are. What are they doing? Why are they there? Why do they keep coming back after all these years? Just have a conversation with people. You will never run out of ideas if you have coffee with the people that are following you. Like they will give you all the ideas that you could possibly want. If you don't drink coffee, go work out with them and then sit around and chat with them afterwards, right? Like that's where all of our best ideas come from. So, so yeah, sorry, I didn't go boil it down to, to one, but it's one personal, one professional. And, uh, and if you do those two things, like, I, I've never known anyone that's done that consistently that hasn't been successful. 
Hmm. Yeah. And I love, because I remember when we talked, what, three years ago now, uh, you said the exact same coffee thing to me. You're like, you got to go get coffee (laughs) with people, with your members and ask them those questions. And I love how that is still your advice today. So um, I'll, that's fine. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. It's okay. Um, You already, you already did it. So it doesn't even matter, but well, awesome. Jay. Hey, thank you so much for just stepping on here, talking with me, catching up, kind of sharing, I don't know what you've learned over the years and how you've grown. I mean, you've grown as a business owner and as an affiliate owner and as a person, it's kind of neat to see that evolution and to hear just what you've learned um, and to see that you're still passionate and excited about what you do. I mean, that means, dude, you're in the right spot <laughs> mentoring yeah, these yeah. gyms and, and running your own businesses. So, and, and creating livelihoods for your coaches and, and changing the world. You're changing the world. That's what it is. CrossFit affiliates change the world. So, um, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate what you do because I think, I really do think that what we do makes a difference and it might just be, you're making a difference with, you know, a hundred people in your neighborhood, but like that's a hundred people that go out and do great things in the world because they feel confident and healthy and, you know, they have that sort of energy. Um, and, it doesn't take that many people to make a difference in the world. So, so yeah, I appreciate you, you know, helping folks like me by doing this. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing Heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in.